Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. In the Bible, there are many mentions of shepherds. There's many mentions of shepherds. There's many mentions of sheep. Like you look at uh, some of the first people who heard about uh, Jesus being born. They were a shepherd. Uh, You look at some famous guys. David, he was a shepherd. Moses, after his career of being in the palace and sort of messing things up, was a shepherd. Um, And then he came back to um, Egypt, right? So there's lots of shepherds. Uh, And recently, about a month and a half ago, I watched a series. Quite honestly, I binge-watched this series. It was really good. Um, It was um, a series, Clarkson Farms. And it's um, Jeremy Clarkson, like from Grand Tour, um, from Top Gear. This guy, he decided uh, he owned a farm, but he never farmed it before. So he decided, I'm going to learn to farm. And uh, it was, he knew nothing about it. So like he bought a Lamborghini tractor to this. And it was awesome. He, uh, he had no idea what he was doing. So he learned every step of the way. And uh, it, was, it was very entertaining because he had no idea what he was doing. And uh, it just, it, it was great. And so like he had this field that he thought, okay, th- this, instead of me having to mow this field, I'm going to go the easy way and I'm going to actually get some sheep. Um, to just eat this field. He thought, okay, it's going to be easier than me mowing this and keeping it. And, uh, and he found out that it is not easier at all. That sheep actually, um, he discovered they're actually a ton of work. You can't just get one or two. You got to get a bunch of them because they are designed to be in, uh, together. Um, you, you continually, they were escaping on him, hopping over these walls, wandering away. These running after these sheep. Um, they're all, they're getting, getting sick with pests and everything, and he just wanted to mow his grass. Um, and, and that's what I thought, too. Actually, the city of Calgary, they tried that. They had some goats, and I think the pilot is gone because I think they <laughs> learned that, no, it's easier just to mow. Um, and so, and then he realized, okay, we actually, what do you have? We have to rotate fields because what the sheep will do is they'll eat the field until there's like nothing left, and then they, then they have to move them, and in moving them, they would escape. And so finally, he was like, okay, I also have all this garden to, or this, these fields to plant and everything. And so he said, I'm hiring a shepherd, someone who was constantly there. And uh, he realized something that I didn't know um, is that sheep are a ton of work. Um, And watching it made me happy with just my little small garden at home. And okay, I'm content with that. But someone in the Bible who knew a lot about sheep and a lot about shepherding was King David. Right before David uh, was king, he took care of his father's sheep. Even after Samuel, the prophet, came and he came to uh, Jesse and he said, hey, bring all your sons. David was still in the fields taking care of the sheep, the forgotten son. But even though his father forgot him, God did not forget him. Eventually he was brought. He was anointed king. But after he was anointed king, he went back to shepherding. Um, And sometimes that's how it is. You feel and you hear the call of God. You know there's a direction yet. I'm going back to where I was. How does that work? But it worked for David, and sometimes it happens for us too. But David, he, he knew this. 
He took care of sheep. He would have known something that I didn't know before I did a ton of research and before I watched this show and read all these books. He would have known that sheep like to run away and, and go astray. He would have known that sheep get sick with pests all the time. He knew that like you always would have to move them to new pastures because those sheep will eat that grass to low. He knew that okay, we need to protect these sheep. Actually, David knew very well about that. He knew it intimately because he says when he was facing Goliath the giant, he said, listen, I killed a bear, I killed a lion. Why? Because he was protecting his sheep. Now he said, listen, giant, you're gonna be like one of them, right? Like biblical smack talk, right? He was um, telling him, but so he knew shepherding and sheep well. And so God used David to write a psalm that's probably, arguably, one of the most um, famous psalms, well-known psalm, and, and it is uh, Psalms 23. Psalms 23, and many of us can, I don't know about you, but I have before in like, whether it's my Bible reading plans or if I get to it in scripture, because it's so well-known, oftentimes I will like skim it or glance over it because like, I know this. Like, I'm actually, like, it's, it's known so, so much. Like, I'm even, we're teaching it to our four-year-old right now to memorize it. Like, it's something that, that we, if, you're, if you grew up in the church or you've been a Christian, you sort of know this scripture. But however, Psalms 23, along with being a beautiful scripture, beautiful imagery, it is powerful, it is significant as it illuminates God's relationship with us and the depth of his care. It shows us God's relationship with us and the depth of his care. It shows the relationship and responsibilities between a sheep and a shepherd. And God calls us his sheep. And he is, he says, no, I am your shepherd. So in this scripture, we see who God is, his character, uh, how he interacts with us, who we are with him, and also what we have with him. In these six Six verses, that's all what Psalms 23 is. We see our, uh, ourselves, it's, it's really, it's prophetic. We see a prophetic um, scripture. We see our salvation, the plan of salvation. We see our Christian walk. We also see our future in Christ. So as we, as we go through in these next few weeks, Psalms 23, I want to encourage you to listen with fresh ears and, and eyes, if you can listen with your eyes. Um, but, and, but allow the Lord to speak to you and to, to build your faith. Um, and I believe that you'll be able to walk in more of what he has for you and freedom. Uh, so we're going to sort of, instead of preaching this, if you will, we're sort of just going to teach through it and go verse by verse. Um, but David, a man after God's own heart, a man who knew the Lord, but also a dude who was with sheep a lot, new sheep, new shepherding, he wrote this. He wrote Psalms 23. You, you might be even have it memorized. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. 
You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So it's a beautiful, beautiful psalm. It's a beautiful psalm that David wrote. But verse one, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. You know, just because you call yourself a shepherd or just because maybe you have a shepherding staff does not make you a good shepherd, right? Like there is some, some people who are good and bad, some things that are good in your life at, that are shepherding and some things that are bad. What is a shepherd? A shepherd is, is one who tends to sheep. And uh, it, I think there are things that we can allow that tend to our life that are actually um, bad shepherds, if you will, or there is only one good shepherd. Um, you know, just like if you put a spatula and the best ingredients in front of me, it does not make me a good cook. Like you come and see, you will taste and see that it is not good. Um, it's, my wife said that is true way too in, <laughs> passionately. But th- there can be a good shepherd and a bad shepherd in our life. And I think what determines that is how they take care of their sheep. How they take care of their sheep. And Jesus made this claim. He said this. He said, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. In John 10, in John 10, verse 7, it says this. Jesus says, in John 10, verse 7, it says, Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Uh, all, who, all who ever come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and I will go in and out and find pasture. Now, this is, that is, it's, it's a great scripture, but Jesus is saying there something that maybe only people who uh, tend sheep would, would realize is back in, in biblical times, there were sheep pens, and they're made up of like rocks, and you had a wall, but it would, they would not have a door. It'd be a circle with a small little opening. And what would happen is, is at the end of the day, the shepherd would bring his sheep into the sheep pen and the shepherd would actually lay down in the opening and become the door. And so Jesus is saying to people who would have understood this because they would have seen this in the hills behind him, that he is the good shepherd, that he is actually one that leads the sheep to safety and he is the door. That, that actually... No one will come into the fold except through him. And when he says the sheeps and the, or the, the robbers and thieves, they will not come near. Why? Because they cannot get through the door. Because he protects them, right? A shepherd would sleep there because uh, coyotes or wolves would try and get the sheep, but they can't go through the door, right? It, the only way to enter in is through the door, which Jesus says, I am the door. Verse 10, it goes on, it says, I am the door, uh, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I've come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Then he makes this claim. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Jesus says he is the good shepherd. He is the good shepherd. And then it goes on, but a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf catches 
the sheep and uh, scatters them. So that's talking about the care that someone else is, does for the sheep. The hireling flees uh, because he is not, uh, because he is a hireling and does not, what? Care about the sheep. But then Jesus says, so that's the bad shepherd. There, I think there's things in life that we can allow that can lead us as shepherds do, care for us as shepherds are supposed to. But when push comes to shove, when pressure comes in life, is that suddenly the shepherd, what I thought was leading me, guiding me, is no longer there because there's only one good shepherd. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and am known by my own sheep. As the, um, as the Father knows me, even so I know the Father and I lay my life down for the sheep. I think that is just so, so beautiful, is that Jesus, he is the good shepherd, that, that you are known by him and that he wants you to know him, that he, he laid his life down for us and that he is the gate. Yes, there's only one way to the Father and that is through Jesus, but also there's only now one way to you and that is through Jesus. So when trials and tribulations come at you, it will happen, but it's not gonna overtake you. Why? Because it's not gonna overtake Jesus because you're behind, well, the door. You're behind him because he is a good shepherd and he cares for you. Jesus, he's the good shepherd. Why? Because of how he cares for you. He laid his life down. You could say that humanity was really in, the, in the, the claws, if you will, with the carrying on with the analogy of sheep, claws of sin, right? Because the, the, the wages of sin, sin led to death, uh, spiritually, but then eventually physically as well. And we were as a helpless land, like all our works could not do anything. We cannot get out of it on our own. But Jesus rescued us from the claws of sin by dying on the cross, bringing now you and I as Christians into the family, into the flock. So now Jesus, he's a good shepherd. Why? Because he cares for you. And then it goes on in verse 16. It says, and other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. I think this is so interesting is that that faith comes by hearing and the hearing by the word of God or hearing by the word of Christ. And that really when you hear the word of the good shepherd, that is what actually brings you into the flock. That every single one of us, that is how we have become part of God's family. If you're not there yet, I believe there's an opportunity for you today is that Jesus is the way that we, by hearing the word of Jesus. Hebrews 13 talks about that he is the good shepherd. So what Psalms 23 is talking about, I believe, it's a prophetic psalm talking about Jesus, the good shepherd, and who he is, what he's done, or what he was going to do, but now what has been accomplished through him. That now what he has done and what he has provided. So Psalms 23, 1, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want. Or another translation says, I have everything I need. You know, sheep generally are, are pretty helpless. Like, don't let a sheep go swimming because they're helpless. You know, don't leave a sheep without food because they're helpless. Uh, you know, don't let a sheep go by any bushes because they're helpless and they get stuck. And, you know, it's like sort of sometimes the Lord describes us as he's the shepherd, we're his sheep. And I'm like, thanks, God. Like, I, I like, okay, 
what about a llama? At least they spit or something. But no, sheep. We are his sheep. And that really, we, we, without him, we have nothing. But today, because we are the Lord's sheep, we have all we need because he, the great shepherd, provides it. You know, he provides everything we need from very practical things like if you want your own air, you can't really get it. He's got his own air, right? You want uh, land as his, but he's providing it. But you want peace? God provides it. You want wholeness? God provides it. It's all in him. Philippians 4.19 says this. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That in him, in Christ, in the good shepherd, you have everything you need. That if you need peace, it's in Christ. You need provision, it's in the good shepherd. Healing, it's in the good shepherd. Restoration, in the good shepherd. Wisdom, it is in the good shepherd. Community, it's in the good shepherd. Your daily needs are in the good shepherd. You know, 2 Corinthians 1.20 says that all of God's promises, <laughs> sorry, are yes and amen. What God said in his word is yes. And amen. Why? He is a good shepherd because he cares for you. Jesus, he's the one who's leading. He's the good shepherd. And because of that, we have all we need. Now in verse two, it goes on. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He makes me lie down or he makes me rest. Um, I was reading this book um, and it's it's about leadership, but it talks all about shepherding and because it's uh, scriptural and talks about it and goes in depth and it talks about how hard it is to get sheep to lie down. I didn't realize this. Like sheep actually don't just lie down. Who knew? I don't, I'm from Calgary. Like sheep just don't naturally just lie down. Like at the end of a long day, I have no problem lying down. I'm like, what a day. And I'll like, be exhausted. Like, if you have a dog, like, if that dog is tired, he's gonna lie down. It's like, it's 32 degrees. I'm going laying down in shade. But not sheep. Who knew? You know, sheep actually will stay on their feet to extreme exhaustion at times and not lie down if conditions are not right. What? You know, so sheep need something to actually lie down or else they'll just stay there. So if you see a sheep standing, I don't know if he's like, wait, like, what's going on or what? But sheep need this. Sheep need a safe and secure place. They need to feel safe and secure. If they feel uncertainty or chance of harm, they're not lying down. Um, even actually in, in herds too, apparently, like I went real deep, guys. Um, apparently there's like a budding order. Uh, so in other words, that there will be like the top sheep. I was like, there's a top sheep? Yeah, there is. And like, and so if there's not enough land or a place for them all to belong, they'll bud heads. They'll, they'll, they'll like bud it out, guys. And, and so if there's competition, they won't lie down. If there's not security or safety or uncertainty within their little herd, they won't lie down. Um, when uncertainty or, or, or harm is their sheep, will be super hyper alert, like where we at guys, and to extreme exhaustion because they are looking out for number one. Like, okay, where we at, where we at? But as, as stupid as sheep are known to be, this sort of makes sense. Like if you don't feel 
safe if you feel like, okay, what's around the bend? And you feel that it makes sense why they wouldn't rest. I know, I, I think we, we can experience this too. Is that, that maybe when we experience great uncertainty, or there's areas of, of chance of harm in the future, or, or, or of what's going to happen, maybe physically you can't sleep, or maybe it's just mentally you just are always on. And I can't get rest. I am restless. I am restless. You know, what's going to happen with the job, with the, with the economy? What's going to happen with my job? Okay, what's this, uh, this report from the doctor? Like, what do I do with my kids? God, you gave them to me. I'm praying now. Like, what do I do? Like, there, when there's uncertainty that comes. Now, this book, this is what it said about the sheep. This is, this is from the book. The book said that sheep, to make sheep feel safe and secure, don't worry now, we're not getting sheep in our backyard. <laughs> Whew. The first thing they need is a present shepherd, a shepherd who is there, who is seen by the sheep. The next thing is they need, you need to remove any uncertainty. The next thing is you need to give them a place in the herd. You need to give them enough space, new pastures, a place so that they're not rivaling each other and butting heads and don't fight. And the fourth thing is to get rid of pests. To get rid of pests, because apparently sheep and pests are, like hang out all the time. Um, so this is, but if you think about this, this is what the good shepherd has done for you and I. All four things is what the good shepherd has done for you and I. In the world, there is uncertainty for sure, but in Christ, there is certainty and security even in the midst of an uncertain world. Right? God, He is the good shepherd, and He is with us. He's a present shepherd. Deuteronomy 31.6 says that, that he will never leave us or forsake us. That, that he's actually now given you the Holy Spirit. That now you're, you are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. So God is with you. He's not leaving you. Uh, scripture tells us that he is our ever-present help in time of need. He's present. So he's present. The second thing that, that the good shepherd has done and it's only achieved through the good shepherd, is he's given us certainty and security. He's given us, the good shepherd has given us certainty and security. In Ephesians 1.13, it says this. Ephesians 1 verse 13 says this. It says, in him you also trusted after you heard the words of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promised. You were sealed. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to praise of his glory? In other words, that, that Holy Spirit is the seal for your salvation, that, that he has sealed your salvation with his Holy Spirit. He's given a sign, hey, your salvation is sealed with his Holy Spirit. Now he's demonstrated his love as well for us, that Romans 8, 38, 39 uh, it says this, it says that for I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor height nor depth nor any other created, I skipped two verses in there, but created thing will be able to separate us through Jesus Christ our Lord. That, that actually you have security in him, certainty in him. Uh, eternity, you have certainty in him. But actually right now too, 
What did Jesus say when he said, I'm the good shepherd? Right around there, he says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give you life and abundant life or life to the full. When? Right now. Right now. He, he says that, you know, in this world, you may have tribulations and trials, but be of good cheer. Why? Because I have overcome the world. That's called certainty. That I can actually have joy and cheer because I know um, that Jesus has overcome the world. So even in the midst of suffering, even in the midst of trials, I can still be of good cheer because the good shepherd. So I have certainty even when things don't look certain. Uh, the, the next thing, the third thing is there's a place for you that you are actually chosen by God. So sheep actually, like I was saying to you, um, if the pasture is smaller, if they are not moved from pasture to pasture to pasture all the time, they will actually get worried about getting mine. They will fight over like little squares of grass and actually fight amongst themselves. And oftentimes what happens is when sheep do this and they hit heads and they butt, they will actually get blemishes on their heads. They'll get blemishes on their heads. And what I find interesting is in the Old Testament, now we have the perfect lamb, Jesus, so now no more sacrifices. It's so good because it would be so bloody right now. Like this morning or this afternoon would be just bloody. Like, oh my goodness. But Old Testament is, is you had to give sacrifices. And in the Old Testament to the Lord, an offering to the Lord. And one of the stipulations was a lamb without blemish. And so you needed a lamb that wasn't fighting and competing against the other lambs for the Lord to receive that sacrifice. So a pleasing sacrifice to a, the Lord was a lamb that was actually a, a, like blemish-free. In other words, one that was not fighting for territory, not butting heads with the next lamb. And that is what the Lord poured out and received. I think today you and I are called to be a living sacrifice. And I think maybe, just maybe, what the Lord is looking for is, is a people that are not butting heads trying to compete or get jockeying for position, but instead just being willing to say, Lord, here I am, take me as a living sacrifice, and he uses you, and then that is what's acceptable to the Lord. Because like, do you even see it with Jesus' disciples? J James and John, hey, um, Jesus... Can we, can we, like, one of us sit at your right hand, one of us sit at your left hand? They're jockeying for position. Now he corrects them. The other disciples were not happy. Um, that was not how to win friends and influence people there. But God, he says this. He has a good plan for you. In Jeremiah 29, 11, that is a good plan for you, a hope, a future. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 talks about that we are one body, the body of Christ, but many different parts. Like, I'm a toenail, you're a thumb. And just because I'm a toenail doesn't mean that I should be like, I want to be a thumb. Look at you go. Right? It's actually that we all have um, our areas that we are to supply to the body. That we're actually called in him. In Ezekiel 34, in Ezekiel 34, uh, verse 11, it says this. It says, for thus says the Lord God, indeed, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out as the shepherd seeks out his flock on the day um, he is among his scattered sheep. So, I, I, so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all places where they are, were scattered on a cloudy, dark day. And I will bring them out, of the, uh, out from the peoples and gather them from the countries 
and will bring them to their own lands. This is speaking about Israel, but it's also speaking about the church, you and I today. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, in the valleys and in, uh, and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them good pastures. See, he's given you room. He's given you a place where you don't have to fight over. And their fold shall be on the high mountains of Israel. There they shall lie down in good fold and feed in rich pastures on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. That he will actually bring you to the place. He's he's sought his sheep. He's, He's looked for you and now he's bringing together. There's a place for you. You. That's what Jesus said he's doing. He's going to seek and to save those which, was, which were lost. That um, John 15, 16 tells us that, hey, I chose you. You didn't choose me. You can't choose me first. I chose you. See, you have a place. You are chosen in God. You have a place. And I think it's interesting is uh, like, I don't know about you, but I found when I'm on social media and you see people's highlights, right, of their life, because that's really what social media is. No one's putting like their worst days on there. Um, if they are, you probably unfollowed them. But um, is, is sometimes you're like, you have that fear of missing out. Like, oh, what am I doing here? What, what am I even doing? Or like, oh, I want to be there instead. Um, and studies have shown, actually, it's interesting, is that, that the more people use social, um, the more anxiety and depression rise. And I think as part of it is because they don't feel like they have a place. They, they don't feel like they have a place, that they're always missing out. They're not able to, to rest there. But I believe there's a place in Jesus, that Jesus said that for eternity, he says, I go to prepare a place for you. Um, But that as well, right now on here on earth, you're not having to just wait for that place, that you have a place and that's called the body of Christ, the church that Jesus prepared for you. Now, the fourth thing is uh, pests, get rid of pests. And uh, how they used to do that in the old times, biblical times is, uh, now they just use pharmaceuticals, but uh, (laughs) how they did it in old times is they took oil and they would pour it over the sheep's head, and the oil would run over their head and get all over in there, and in their nose, everything. And because there are pests that actually will go inside of a sheep's nose and lay eggs and start to, it's gross, I know. That's why we're having church after uh, lunch, not before. Um, and, and, like, and they lay eggs, and so there would be a pest from within. And how you do that, how you take care of that is the oil. And now uh, we're going to talk about that later because it goes into it later in Psalms 23. But is that not what Jesus did? The good shepherd did. He poured out his oil. What, another picture of that in the, Bi- in the Bible, oil is the Holy Spirit. And so that rids you of the internal pests that are trying to bother you and make, because those internal pests, they make a sheep go crazy. Um, but because of Jesus. So because of him, we have eternity security. We have a place in Christ. Now, uh, it carries on in Psalms 23 um, to lie down in green pastures. For the sake of time, I won't get really into this, but pastures are not always green. There's a pasture that's green today with, and then a herd of sheep come, and the, a flock, actually. There's not herd flock, but I'm from Calgary, guys. Uh, but then, then the, the sheep will eat it, and, they'll, and if they're just left there, what was good yesterday is not good for tomorrow because they'll eat all of it. See, you need to rotate continuously to new green pastures. Um, and isn't that how Jesus said to pray? Give us this day our daily bread. 
See, God has a today, a now word for you, but then he also has something else, something fresh for you tomorrow. That he, he says, do not remember the former things. Behold, I do, some, uh, uh, do a new thing. And so that lo the Lord will move you to things that are new, that will nourish you from him. Um, in verse two, it goes like this. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He leads me. You know, there's a difference between driving and leading. Like leading is you're in front. And by driving, I don't mean driving. I mean like, yeah, come on. Like, right, you know what I mean? Like, I'm from California. Okay. But like you're forcing them to go. You're forcing them to go behind them, forcing to go. Now, shepherds in, in, uh, back in the day in Israel, in the Middle East, some still do to this day, is actually they, they, they didn't drive the sheep forward. They actually led the sheep. They went in front of the sheep and the sheep followed. And you need, you need the sheep need to know that you care about them and that you're going to lead them to good things to follow, right? The sh that they actually led the sheep. Now, on the flip side, there's maybe sheepdogs. The sheep are moving forward because they're afraid of that dog. They're, they don't want to get nipped. There's like, where's that dog? We're moving. Why? They're being driven. They're not being led. They're being driven. Now, Jesus, the good shepherd, he doesn't drive you with fear. He doesn't drive you with guilt. He doesn't drive you with shame. He doesn't drive you with pain or terror. He leads you. He leads you. Jesus loves you and cares for you. And Jesus simply says this, follow me. We see this throughout scripture with all the disciples and to us today, he says simply, follow me. In other words, he's leading. And all we have to do is follow. In Isaiah, in Isaiah 40, in Isaiah 40, verse 11, it says this. It says, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young and gently lead. You know, he gently leads. I've heard it said before, um, preached before by some people and it's, it's like, not the truth is that like shepherds would like lambs that would run away. They would like break their legs and carry them. And I'm like, that is awful. No, they didn't. No. And they'd be like, God sometimes will break you and then carry you. But no, he doesn't. Actually, Romans 2, 4 says this. It says Romans 2, 4. It says. <laughs> Romans 2, 4 says this. It says this, it says, or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance and long suffering, uh, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance, that the goodness of God leads you to repentance, that it is actually his goodness that goes before you and that leads you to him and leads you to where you need to go. Repent is to, you're changing directions. So you want to change directions? How's the Lord going to lead you? By his goodness. He's leading you. He's not driving you. He's leading you. And he will lead you uh, in, in verse, and where is he leading you? He's leading you to, uh, verse two says, he makes you lie down in green pastures. He leads you beside still waters. 
Now, still in the Hebrew, uh, it, it can be translated into rest or resting place, that he leads you to rest or resting place. So it could be literally translated to waters of rest. He leads you to waters of rest. Uh, that Jesus will lead you to a place of rest for your soul. And that actually Isaiah prophesied this. Isaiah prophesied this. In Isaiah 32, Isaiah 32, verse 15, it says this. Until the Spirit is poured out upon us from high, and the wilderness becomes a fruitful field, uh, the fruitful field is counted as a force, then justice will dwell in the wilderness, and righteousness remain in the uh, fruitful field. The work of righteousness will be peace. The work of righteousness will be peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance. My people will dwell in peace or shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken, habitation, in secure dwelling, in quiet, resting places. That, see, that, what is that talking about? When the, until the Spirit is poured out, that is the Holy Spirit. And so now that we can actually dwell, the, now we are made, he who knew no sin became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God, in other words, that we are right with him. That now today, because of Jesus, because now the Holy Spirit is now poured upon us, that we can be led to fruitful fields, but that, that we are made righteousness and a result of righteousness is peace. That a result of righteousness is a peace, a peaceful place, a peaceful, nothing missing, nothing broken habitation, a resting place. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, it says this, it says this, in the message, it says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. You know, as, as Jesus, he invites us to come to him. And when we come to him, there is rest for our souls. The good shepherd has rest for our souls. Um, and the way of Jesus, he invites us is this, is follow me, follow me. That's it. I'm not going to drive you. I'm not going to, instead, follow me. I'm even going to lead you with my goodness. And I'm going to lead you to a place that will nourish you, green pastures, for today, for tomorrow, and I'm also going to bring you to a place of rest for your souls, that you can be secure in him. As the worship team comes up, I just want to read those two verses that we got into today. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He leads me beside still waters. You know, all of this really good stuff, it all starts with how the, the, the chapter started. The Lord is my shepherd, my shepherd. You know, are you allowing him to lead? Are you allowing him to be a shepherd in your life? You know, there's only one good shepherd. We can allow many different things to lead us, cause us to move, to drive us. But there's only one good shepherd. And he says this, he says, follow me. What's he going to do? He's going to provide all what you need that you shall not want. He'll lead you to green pastures. 
and waters of rest are still waters. And I think sometimes we can try and be our own shepherd. Like, I know where to go. This is the way. Or I'm taking care of me. Or we can allow current situations, current times, current events lead us. But I think the good shepherd, as he invited the disciples in the Bible, still invites us today. And it's this, it's, it's follow me. And to surrender to the good shepherd, because he is good. Why don't we just stand right now? And we're just gonna take a moment Just close, we can, I just invite you to close your eyes. The good shepherd, Jesus, he loves you. He, there's a place for you in him. He provides all you need. Where he's leading is a place of sustenance, green pastures, still waters, rest and peace for your soul. But right now, I believe it's to take the opportunity to ask the Lord, are there areas where I've let something else lead me or even something else drive me by fear or shame disappointment that's driven me that is not you believe right now the Lord's just speaking to hearts and I believe we have the opportunity there's no condemnation in him Romans 8 1 says no condemnation in Christ but we have an opportunity to just respond to him today and just recalibrate allow his goodness that we, we read about, we talked about today, to lead us just to change directions, to repent, to change directions, to follow him in that area. That's you, you can raise your hands, you can keep them down. But we're just gonna pray right now that Lord, you would be our shepherd. Lord, thank you that you are good that you lead us and guide us with your goodness. That there is peace, there is a place, there is security, there is certainty even in an uncertain world and uncertain times in you. So today, Lord, where we've even allowed other things to drive us, Father, today we're turning to your goodness. We're turning to you. Today we say, Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus, you are the shepherd. You're the shepherd in the area of hurt, in, in those areas that were where there was disappointment. You're the shepherd in provision. You're the shepherd in direction the shepherd in re restoration. Lord, we, we, we repent. We, where we've allowed other things to drive us, where you actually just want to lead us.
Father, I thank you right now for your peace, rest, for your love. As we say, again by faith, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church podcast. We hope this message encouraged you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. If you would like to support a partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. Know God is for you. We love you and have a great week.